the theme for the afternoon talk with you is the, the calm and the clarity of mind. Firstly, if I may, I'd just like to take a few moments to uh, speak to you with regard to uh, the outer circumstances and then from there switch uh, to the uh, uh, inner. It's with regard to uh, the outer, it could be that some of the intensity of the dramas that have been taking place before but um, noticeably during uh, last year, 2019, has shaken up millions of uh, people. Though it was certainly in our consciousness with regard to climate emergency, depletion of resources, massive pollution, exploitation, overpopulation, all the demands on earth, air, resources and so forth. And sometimes there is a gradual movement that takes place and then a variety of events happen in the same kind of period and it sends shock waves through increasing number of people, increasing number of those of our back those of our species. <coughs> and that the impact of that makes things rather difficult for us. We could say, and rightfully so, my goodness me, in my daily life I have enough to deal with already. The pressure, the stresses, the demands, the personal unresolved uh, history, family, money, work, spiritual life, relationship to myself and existence. Whoa, that's a lot to address, to explore and to attend to. And then alongside and with all of that as well is the external environmental situation in which our scientists with all their uh, research, graphs and figures are pointing out to us again and again we live in an extremely vulnerable world in which the situation is one of immense um, uncertainty. And that brings concern for us and our societies, our countries, our regions and also and equally as well for the children and for the children's children and the subsequent next generations. So there's one aspect there of all the stresses and tensions in our daily life and then and the other which is impacting uh, on us as well, affecting our feelings, our thoughts about present and future is the ex external circumstances. And there are groups of people and fortunately a growing number of uh, people who are who recognise this and actively are engaged in finding radical alternatives and one of those engagements is through protest. And a different kind of protest, I've got in mind here Extinction Rebellion and other kinds as well, where the voice of people is getting stronger and louder to impact and impose upon our politicians and our political uh, leaders that change is necessary, fundamental and we have to be committed to it. Having just been in Australia, that means in December, December the 1st in Australia marks uh, the first day of summer there and having uh, seen and witnessed and heard a great deal about the extent of the forest fires in that uh, uh, country far greater than, than what took place in Siberia in last summer, far greater than what took place in uh, uh, in Brazil or in Spain and Por uh, Portugal. That over the weeks now to months of the fires, the fires have 
The size of the fires is roughly equivalent to the size of Belgium. And these fires, to take some example, one or two rather quickly here uh, of this, we have friends in communities, Bodhi Farm, Damananda, uh, living in the Shannon near Lismore, in our forest retreat centre there. We had to abandon uh, the retreat there before it st uh, started because the fires were rapidly approaching. And the vulnerability of the situation is, as I say here, in the hands of the gods. What it means is simply that people's homes, their animals, their farm animals, um, their, their forests, their gardens, places where they live, is dependent on a shift in the wind. And where the wind blows, that's where the fire obviously will uh, blow. And listening to countless stories of extraordinary uh, men and women with the fire brigade, uh, the volunteers, some of my dear beloved Dharma friends who have sat many retreats with me, were spending 60 hours or more with not a minute's sleep trying to protect the communities, protect people's uh, uh, homes and the rainforests them, themselves. In our manager uh, in uh, Australia, uh, Jen, she has an app, as many Australians have on their phone, and that app, you use it to let you know, to, to find out, if a fire is within a certain distance. And you can set the app. So we were in the forest of the Bodhi Tree Monastery where we were having our retreat. They kindly gave us the use of the monastery because we had to abandon a retreat centre uh, there. And the app was set, set for 25 kilometres. And if the fire approached, we agreed within 25 kilometres because it can move so fast, it was time to leave. The smoke which was so strong and intense that not only was it in, our, in the cities where the smoke was so intense in some places that it was the equivalent of smoking 30 to 100 cigarettes, 200 cigarettes a day. That's how much the pollution. The air pollution travelled across the ocean and was in New Zealand. That's the scale in that particular country. And, of course, the death toll of humans, species wiped out, thousands of precious animals uh, lost and birds lost in the forest and reptiles uh, uh, there. And it's still going on. We're living in extremely vulnerable times and we lack, as we know, political leadership um, to actually give us inspiration and... Uh, uh, and endorsing of what is obvious that this world is in a very vulnerable situation just as it is in Africa there were the massive floods uh, there, the, the, the locusts now the, the other issues it all does generate for men, women and children a lot of concern, a lot of worry and a lot of stress the concern, worry and stress does not help anybody it is part of the problem. It's exhausting, it's tiring, it inhibits us from finding insightful energies and healthy responses. And it's too human, of course, very human to uh, feel this, but we need calmness of the mind, we need clarity uh, of, of the mind, and we need to find ways and means in our personal life, our social life, and our global life to find practical, effective, useful steps forward. And we need a lot of energy for that. We do not need to waste it on worry. We do not need to waste it on stress or an, or an anxiety. And these teachings and practices <coughs> are <coughs> authentically a real help, not the only way, of course, but a real help and support to attend to life two situations, whether it's the big ones, like I just mentioned to you, or the ones in our, in our own life. All, all matters. And we need real, uh, fresh, creative uh, resources uh, for, uh, for that.
If I do, it won't spot what I did with the water. In the rainforest, uh, some of the people, one or two here too, are uh, camping uh, there. And when the wind blew, though the fire was out of distance there, but the dew drops on the tent, and many days there were no dew drops whatsoever, but the dew drops on the tent at dawn had ash in them. You could feel the ash when one touched the dew drops. That, per, that per, uh, pervasive. So you and I, we are small dewdrops, and we probably have some ash in us as well. So we here, as women and men on the earth, can make a genuine, beneficial contribution with our practice recognizing it's both for outer awareness and action and support in a variety of ways and also and uh, equally uh, inwardly as well. And I'd like to uh, focus on the inner aspect uh, of this with you uh, in this talk. A few aspects here with a little, uh, little explanation. So mindfulness and we can use the word attention, or awareness, or consciousness, rather interchangeable, that it is that remarkable element of the human being which is able to reveal. That's its purpose, that's its function, that's what it does. So, in any moment or period of time where you and I find our mindfulness lands on something, whatever, whatever that may be, and we quietly give attention to that, we are mindful of it there. And this process of being mindful of is quite often the first step for our species in making change. Not to underestimate the importance and the significance of shedding light, another metaphorical language now, the shedding of light on something to see what is there, to see clearly. When the mindfulness is able to sustain itself, that means, not perfectly, but let's say moment to moment, or breath to breath there, that quiet sustaining of the mindfulness on whatever that might be about, that object of interest, such as the breath, the contact of the feet with the earth, that development of that we call meditation. So there is mindfulness of the interest and the energy is there. We quietly as much as we can, stay steady with that without putting a lot of stress and pressure on ourselves in order to be in touch with that process. And that can help to reveal more than what we first thought, as we know. Here some lovely fresh plants and flowers have been planted by the good monastery since here last year. We could say in the generalization, oh, some new flowers and plants uh, there, and there's a certain relative uh, fact about it. If we select one plant, we place our mindfulness on it, and we quietly keep with the mindfulness uh, of it, we will notice more, we will see more, and perhaps the plant, so to speak, will reveal more of itself. It will show itself more. And we'll see its interconnectedness with the light, and 
the colours and what is around and with the earth and with the water an expression of nature and much much more so the sustaining of the mindfulness upon something provides the opportunity to see more and that revelation, that bringing out to, to see more than what I originally experienced and the potential, this is just one plant remember has the potential to reveal so much it could never possibly be counted in other words the infinity is actually revealed in this case through the plant because it's an infinite number of expressions of what can be discovered we are planted on this earth it's no different any human being any man or woman says oh I have arrived I am then using the big words enlightened and all those other instantly forgettable concepts has um, already set a limit I have got it's already a limit it's an obstruction to a liberated life so in that respect if the plant can keep revealing so much in different ways and different uh, times to us because of our receptivity our meditations, our mindfulness my goodness me what can we be revealed out of this being you and I who are planted on this earth walking and sitting and breathing on this earth so it's in that <coughs> pardon me in that spirit of mindfulness of interest in connection with it occurs in the it's coming again out of a, a conversation since arriving uh, here some of you have sat with um, the variety of uh, teachers and has really wonderful uh, uh, teachers in the variety of meditation traditions both Buddhist and, uh, and otherwise and it very easily as a contribution to uh, calm and clarity we can hear from the voices of authority or we've got a picture image from what we have read and it says to us I must concentrate harder of the variety of views in the world of meditation please be unusually mindful about this view sometimes some have um, read of uh, the heroic sacrifices and gestures of these great yogis who put themselves through hell in their focusing, in their discipline, in their keeping still for one hour, two hours, three hours or, or whatever and because we are rather uh, impressionable creatures then we get the idea and the imagination in, oh gosh, I'm not pushing myself hard enough there. So the word samadhi, some of you will have heard this uh, word if you've been any time in India or elsewhere, is very much translated into the English as concentration. So we have the idea, samadhi means concentration, and I've really got, therefore, if I'm going to develop samadhi, I've got to concentrate harder. And, unfortunately, we have thought. And thought is a terror for this. Because the thought will arise again and again in one or two ways. One is, I'm thinking too much, and because I'm thinking too much, I can't concentrate, therefore I can't develop samadhi. So this will be one view. And this view of thinking too much or daydreaming, uh, we react against that 
be mindful of what I'm saying here, follow the process. We wish to be calm, find calmness and clarity. The mind wanders and drifts. It is not cooperating. It's not interested. So it, it, it goes off. Then we react to it. And a reaction to it is, I am not the common one, because Mami and Daddy said this, I am not trying hard enough. You, or my school teachers, you don't try hard enough. So the, the reaction against is to put the pressure on ourselves. And the pressure on ourselves, it might gain a little bit of concentration for a little period of time until either we collapse exhausted, either we find it too much of a struggle, we want to give up, it's too hard, and then the view will arise, I can't concentrate. And therefore, how can I get anywhere in meditation if I can't concentrate? Yeah. Concentration has very little to do with samadhi. That's the point. No matter what you hear, honestly, I'm going to say, trust me. I'm not going to say, trust me. I'm going to say, find out through your experience. <laughs> Don't listen. Don't have to accept the voice of Christopher. You just find out through experience. So, the word samadhi, i do the Pali word for the, the moment, it's a shift, but it's an important shift. Whether it's the first time in a retreat for you, or you're a, you've been a Dharma bum for lifetimes, it, both are important here. The word samadhi, sam, means coming together. And the, the D is coming together in a certain kind of presence, calmness and clarity of being in which there is a steadiness. This is the D part of it. A steady, D, steadiness. So it's a calmness with a steadiness. And this steadiness of the being is called samadhi. It is not related to being able to concentrate on the rise and fall of the stomach morning, noon and night. Not about being able to concentrate what the other favourite spots, the tip of the nose, that's another popular one in the tradition, morning, noon and night. This is, this is concentration. But the samadhi is that calmness and the clarity uh, uh, and the steady it occurred to me before, samadhi, steady, nice. um, of the steadiness of the being there. And in that calmness and steadiness, the samadhi naturally and quietly deepens itself. So it's not the willpower pushing oneself along, it just quietly happens. And sometimes it's very gradual, and sometimes it's very quick one feels the depth of the being. But then we would say, we, um, and, and need to say, hmm, alright, it's a very nice description, this is the first day of the retreat, calmness and clarity, frankly Christopher, seems light years away. My day today, this morning and so far this afternoon is confusion, what the hell am I doing here, which is one of the most popular mantras for meditators. And uh, there's pain in my legs, there's agitation, I'm restless, uh, whatever, and the food is just not as good as I thought it would be. So all of, all of this movement within uh, can be going on, uh, of course, uh, uh, there. So the tips might be helpful if applied. So I'll just take a few pointers which make it a bit difficult to find the calmness and the clarity uh, there. Uh, one of them uh, is the tiredness. Not always easy with um, tiredness. 
there. So if there is some tiredness, the tip here is it, if one can, if one's got just enough energy, there's a little part of the body, it's only about a centimetre big, and if they could just get lifted up, it's called the eyelid. This is a, a major adventure, to just lift up the eyelid. And if the eyelids can stay open, just to see the colour, the forms, the shape which is around you, and that may be enough just to keep the energy alert, to use the eyes open. Again, in the traditions, plenty of wonderful teachings which give the priority to an eyes open meditation. Zen tradition, noticeable uh, here. Sometimes the eyes and the keeping the lid up isn't easy and then one starts fading away. If one is very, very tired, you all know where you, where you sleep, you go and have some rest, have some sleep, etc. You know, it, it's uh, not boot camp here, not going to be knocking on your door and saying, why aren't you in the meditation hall or whatever. So sometimes a person just needs some rest, honestly, take it. When the wake-up starts, right, get back into the flow uh, uh, once again, hopefully the wake-up is before the end of the week, but we'll see. Another one is in the area of some uh, restlessness, it's another uh, common one. And with the restlessness which uh, arises there, it can be body, one finds it rather hard to be calm and to be uh, still, lots of agitations in the body. If there is a lot of agitation and restlessness in the body, it could be that currently, today, the sitting meditation may not be the best posture to be in. It can be too big a contrast so the intentionality is you know, to sit still, find some calm and clarity in the sitting. Body is just too agitated, too restless. Energy is moving here, there and uh, everywhere and it just seems impossible to sit. We do need to listen to the body. We do need to recognize in a way what the body is saying. And it might be more beneficial if there is that, to be outdoors, do some walking, if you like, do some dancing, do some yoga, get the energy, so there's movement of the body to help cancel out the restlessness, agitations in the body, with a view to harmonizing movement, cancelling out the agitated movement. And you might find, you come back in here, you can sit. practice. The small tips which are given are tips for your daily life. It's not just on a retreat. Restlessness and agitation occurs in the daily life. Look at the imprisonment of our beloved children in the school's classroom. They've got all their lovely energies there and they're trapped they have to sit still and endure these lessons and not given the opportunity to express their energies and feel, have the freedom to move. Tragic situation, what we're doing to our children. So we want to find the energies in trust in the movement uh, of, of the body. Outside, in the walking meditation, I hear it quite often, both in this hall over the last 20 plus years and elsewhere, it's a bit like life, isn't it? Switches on, it switches off. And here we go. All right. <laughs> um, that sometimes, <clears throat> in the uh, circumstances of things, there we have this. The uh, practices are taking place. There is some tiredness or some uh, restlessness which goes on. And then we find it hard and difficult then to uh, reconnect, 
to explore what the experiences uh, actually are. And when it comes to the restless aspect, one aspect is with the anxieties and the stress. Anxieties and stress, when experienced, is usually felt in the body. If it's quite strong, it certainly will be felt in the body, in the form and the manifestations of different different sensations. And these different sensations are there. But here comes the, the tip and the warning. <clears throat> it's very, very easy to interpret the unpleasant sensations going in the body. It might be in the, a contraction in the chest. It might be um, anxiety, worry uh, in the stomach area or whatever, to immediately state, this is worry, this is fear, this is anxiety. It's giving it too much authority. One has jumped too quickly to a conclusion. So what I mean by that is, the body, it generates these kind of sensations. And in the expression of the sensations, initially, this takes some calm and clarity for this, initially it is to see this is a sensation. This is an experience manifesting in the body. If I immediately grasp onto this particular experience in the body and I say, oh gosh, I've got so much anxiety in me, I've got so much worry in me, so much agitation. When one grabs it and states that, the mind will run with it. Because the mind has decided this is what it is. And in that decision, which is a habit, that decision, now this is what it is, the mind will then go into the story. It will go, it will feed the fear. It will tell itself, I've got a real reason to be anxious. I've got a reason to feel this panic inside of me, this agitation. And we haven't realised that the initial event that took place was, there was some difficult, yes, challenging, yes, unresolved sensations going on in the body, we kind of lost contact with it. We've decided this is what it is, a problematic emotion or mindset or whatever, and we ran with it. And we're living in Maya. We're living in the false. We're giving a reality to a story which has been repeated time and time again or to a fantasy or an image and it's part of our task and part of our practice if we're going to find calm and clarity in the being we have to embody it and to embody it is to find it early and quickly in the experience can I relax into that difficult patch Lock uh, reaction of the sensation or sensations that are going on in the body. Can I just have enough mindfulness, enough clarity to catch it before it gets into a roll? The, the roll, the panic, the, uh, the story or whatever, that's the problem. That's the issue. The way we are thinking about the event is the issue. And if we don't feed that, we will not be feeding those difficult sensations which may keep arising in the body, and if we're not feeding them, those sensations will have to, in due course, fade away. Because they're dependent on the reaction for their continuity.
And there's plenty of moments in the sitting, walking, standing and reclining posture where we will experience something, sensations or something going on in the body. We can use as a contribution to calm and clarity our breathing process to help breathe through uh, those uh, sensations which uh, may be uh, arising with just enough mindfulness to say may I, without willpower, quietly, as much as possible recognize the bare sensation without going on a run with it. And if we are on the run with it, meaning we we grabbed it, really caught up in something or, or whatever, can there just be enough clarity, just enough, not too much, but just enough mindfulness to recognize, to be mindful of, this is just a reaction. So we're not investing it with a truth. We're not saying, this is the real. We're saying, oh, this is a story. This is my imagination getting caught up in something. We just, want, if we can just state that to ourselves, it will give some softness, some moderation to that. And that might make it easier for this return to being embodied with the body. It's called practice. Practice. But it's a practice which can change our lives and make a precious contribution towards mindfulness of calmness and clarity. <coughs> I'll head to the water. It's an interesting thing if the water wasn't surrounded with plastic for some of us it would taste better. Coming back to the uh, uh, walking again for a moment, so I was just mentioning a few a few moments ago. I sometimes hear the voice, which says. can't get into walking. Rather interesting comment that we sometimes make, since we're two-legged creatures, but anyway, I can't get into the walking, I prefer to do the sitting. Of course you're free up either direction with all, uh, all of this. All that I can do here, if I may say, is to give some uh, uh, encouragement uh, with the walking. And quite often, it initially may not seem to have much authority nor power to it. But it is a really wonderful and precious practice. It might require a few sessions of quiet commitment to stay steadfast with the flow of the walking. So to even though it might seem boring, can't see the point, not getting anywhere or whatever. But it might just flow in, in a lovely way. Sometimes when people are insistent that they can't see any purpose whatsoever in the, in the walking meditation, so I asked the person, I've done this a few times over the years, would you be willing to give up the next two hours of your life, 
two hours, if I can think I can spare that. I said, right, lovely. Two hours, find a spot, 10, 20 meters, next, for the next two hours, skip the sitting, skip this, and just do walking meditation for the next two hours. Yeah. Just to see if one can get past the resistance. To find the quiet power of the walking. Very precious thing to do. So, having said that, we will not miss you if you are doing a two hour walking outside and we're in here, so all in your good uh, feet <laughs> and hands. So sometimes we do need just to extend and expand our comfort zone. I agree it is like walking or standing or sitting it is an act of faith. But in these teachings and practices, the faith initially develops into a trust, and a trust is on the, backgr on the background of one sees through experience the benefit. Understand the difference. So faith is, I've never done this before, I'm completely new, I've never been in a retreat before, I've never meditated before, I don't know anything about this. So it's a faith that it might be useful. Faith becomes trust when one sees the benefit, experiences the benefit of it, and there is a trust based on experience which gives the encouragement and the endorsement to continue. And primarily, these teachings are a trust teaching. So faith is just initial, but trust is what it's about. And it can be uh, a shift in a single moment from faith in something to trust through first-hand experience. It keeps, uh, keeps the flow. So, in relationship to that, since human existence spends enormous amount of time in one of the four postures, we're just saying, since that's a fact, don't need any faith for that, since that's a fact, let me be mindful, remember the plant, really what this experience is. To really be with it. Sit, walk, stand and recline. Quietly committed to it. Perhaps some discoveries can be found which I have not ever realized before. The sense of things can be so different because of the application of bringing light to a situation. Just recently, there's a story or two for you here. How am I doing? Okay, a few more minutes. <laughs> uh, my, I often um, um, mention some members of my family, those who have uh, lent an ear here or elsewhere will know. So, talking to my daughter on the phone, she has set up to her very credit, a mindfulness support service with the intention uh, of, this is quite recently, in the last um, six months actually, giving support to men, women and children in very difficult situations, primarily situations of domestic violence and giving support as well to the wonderful networks of uh, people engaged in public service, from social workers to volunteers to charities, people working in various government departments and much, much more. And she had a group of women there and in this intensely suffering end of society there, 
the story, some of you may have worked in these fields, will know firsthand, where the anguish and the trauma is so intense and with domestic violence can go on for days, weeks and months, years and sometimes a person, often a woman, or the child, children, is trapped in this can't leave, can't stay situation in their way of looking at things. One of the women was brutalised and on a daily basis the guy, her partner, was holding his hands around her throat in the attempt to strangle her and then would let go at the last minute going on day in and day out the trauma for this part of the body was that the woman couldn't easily anything around the neck just triggered the trauma so she's in a small group of people been in this situation for years and the mindfulness teacher one of my assistant teachers invited her mindfully to place her hands on her chest and to be mindful of the sensation of the two hands upon the chest this itself was a big step for her and so there's a, a day of, um, to meditate, not actually a day, it was actually a two hour meeting uh, with several other women and she, she did that. And then she got a little bit more confident and some more trust came in and she was able to move the hand up closer to the neck. A little bit more trust and confidence. And then she was able to put her hand on her neck without triggering the trauma of the violence this man had inflicted upon her there. And realising she felt safe and comfortable with her hands there. It sounds a small thing, but someone in a traumatised situation and with many conversations with skilled people and all that great benefit, Sometimes it's the small act, the small tip, it's the practice. And she said that when she went home, for the first time, for a long time, she started to feel happy. It's this shifting in the change and the relationship that we have in the practices that we have, because the teachings are about, uh, they're a liberation teaching, and one aspect of that is a liberation from the, the suffering, a liberation from the trauma. And sometimes the good friendship and the guidance of the other, in this case this lovely uh, uh, teacher, and, and quiet guidance there, and that with the trust and the confidence uh, coming and suddenly she felt she can be okay. The man, of course, was out of her, li- out of her life, and uh, that's been a very important part of her, and for her kids as well. So when we, we look at these kind of uh, uh, practices, we really want to see what is helpful, what is supportive, what uh, works for us, and sometimes that requires some quiet dedication and, and finally I'm reminded of one of the much loved figures in the, the Buddha Dharma world, the, the Dalai Lama and years ago now in the 1980s I think it was once or twice in Budgaya where we had the retreat he said uh, so got him to come across and uh, spend an hour uh, speaking with the, the, the meditators uh, in the hall and he made a rather memorable 
one liner. Clearly memorable because it's 2020, this is in the 1980s. And he said, in his lovely Tibetan way, do this practice, he said, and he said, give it three years, do the practice regularly, give it three years, and if after three years it's not working, try Christianity instead. <laughs> Give it three months. <laughs> Give it 40 days. And to see whether uh, there's some uh, genuine uh, benefit. 40 days might just be seven days of a retreat and 33 days after the retreat. Finding uh, ways and means. Got a good tradition to it. Keep practicing. Thank you for lending an ear. Let's have a quiet minute, shall we? May all beings cultivate calmness and clarity. May all beings develop presence in the postures of daily life. May all beings discover and realize much. 